This podcast is brought to you by Pastor Stormy Swan and Faith Christian Family Church of Lubbock, Texas. For more information, please visit faithchurchlubbock.com. Bless all of you. I'm glad you're here. Again, we're on this series here, The Blessing. Uh, if you got your Bible, go with me to the book of Numbers chapter 6. Numbers chapter 6. And, you know, it's been a wonderful series. I, I think I've been on this for three months. And so we're going to close today with this. And I believe God will really touch your heart just with these things. And even as Evan said a minute ago that, ooh, I... I pray this tattoos your heart, that you speak this over your life and your children and all your family members, that this becomes so real within you that we serve a God who blesses, that his nature is to bless. So if you'll begin with me in verse 22 again, the Lord spoke to Moses saying, speak to Aaron and his son saying, this is the way you shall bless the children of Israel. Say to them, speak to them, declare over them, affirm to them. The Lord bless you and keep you. And the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord will lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. So they shall put my hand on the name, they shall put my name on the children of Israel and I will be a blessing to them. And so if you note that when the blessing starts there, the very first thing he says, and the Lord would bless you, and he ends there at the end with the Lord would bless you. So I highlighted last week, those are the bookends. That God is a God who wants to bless you. He really does. And there's ways that this will take, ha- or take place and how this will happen in your life. And so that's what we're going to hit today. Turn with me to your right to the book of Second Chronicles chapter 16. Second Chronicles 16 and... Again, when you get here, many of you re, uh, remember this verse, very familiar verse to many believers. But as you're turning there on, onto those pages there, the, the Lord is on a unique search. That it's, it's very interesting what the God, uh, the God of the creation looks for among humanity, okay? And we look at Second Chronicles 16, verse 9, and it says... For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong on behalf of those whose heart is loyal to him. In this you have done foolishly, therefore from now on you shall have wars. And so it says he's there to show himself strong, or one translation says to give strong support. Another one literally says that he may put blessings upon you, that that God wants to bless you. Now, it says here he was looking for a certain type of heart that was totally and completely loyal to him, blameless toward him. And when I read this every time, the thought is that, well, God, he, he wasn't looking for beauty. He wasn't looking for this sculptured body. He wasn't looking for your talents or your accomplishment, but he was after a certain type of heart. A heart that says, I'm, I'm in sync with God. I'm, I'm going to stay in tune with God day after day after day. So when I read this, the person that has a loyal heart to God, and it's like a magnet. 
And, and when I read this, it, it, it says his eyes go to and fro across the earth. And, and so it's like God has this Doppler radar and he's looking and there's something about a, a human being that has a loyal heart to him that says, Father God, I'm all in. I'm, I'm committed till death do me part. And so God is on that unique search to this day. And something happens when I live for him all the days of my life. Turn with me the book of Matthew chapter 16. And as you're turning there, I'm going to highlight this phrase several times a day. But God has this road map. And there's certain things that God desires for each one of us to do. And I believe the things that we do for God or toward God, those release the blessings in our life. And so all this morning, you're going to hear me talk about this certain type of road. And we get to the end, I'll highlight this road. But we begin here in Matthew chapter 16, verse number 13. Now, when Jesus came into the region of Caesarea Philippi, now... 18, 19 months ago, we had the privilege to go into Israel. And I got to go into this location. And so when you study the map of Israel, Caesarea or Caesar was on the, the uh, coast there where the Mediterranean Sea is. This is not the same place. This is Caesarea Philippi, which if you would go on a map of, of Israel, it's as far north as you can get. The foothills of Mount Hermon. Right there on the Syrian border. And so when we go there, this place just becomes alive to me. And there's, there's water flowing. And it's the beginning of the Jordan River that would flow into the Sea of Galilee. And I begin to get the picture there of, of seeing Jesus with his disciples around him. And so what I'm trying to do here is get you where you have that same feeling that you're sitting around as a disciple of Christ. And you hear the words of Jesus. And he goes on to say, he asked his disciples saying, who do men say that I, the son of man, am? And he said, come on, fellas. T tell me who people think I am. And they responded. And so they said, some say you're John the Baptist. Some say Elijah. And others, Jeremiah or one of the prophets. And Jesus said to them, but who do you say that I am? Who, who do you say that I am? A question that every one of us have to ask ourselves, but also answer. Who, who do you say that I am? And if you'll note there, he didn't say, I want to know who, who your mom or your dad or Uncle Buck says I am. No, he said, who do you say that I am? Question mark. Verse 16. And Simon Peter answered, responded and said, you are the Christ the son of the living God. And so Peter right here, he confesses Jesus both as the promised Messiah, but he reveals the deity of, of the Lord Jesus. And when he says, you're the Christ, you're the Messiah, you're the son of the living God, watch Jesus' response. And Jesus answered and said to him, blessed are you, Simon, son of Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father is who is in heaven. So Peter, after he reveals who Jesus is to him, this is who you are to me, Lord Jesus. Note what Jesus says. Blessed. 
blessed. So when I give my heart to the Lord Jesus and he becomes the Lord of my life, right there I come underneath a blessing. And what you see here with salvation, salvation isn't something, it's a somebody named Jesus. And so it's amazing to me right here that Peter says, you're the son of the living God. And Jesus said, you're blessed. Now, there's a lot of things in this life that we don't choose. Not one person in here chose whether you would be male or female. That's a mystery to me right now in our society that we can choose what we are. Got a little plumbing problems to do that. None of us in here choose the color of our skin. None of us. That's another mystery to me. How can we have so much hate for people because of a color of skin that none of us chose? I didn't choose my parents and you didn't choose your parents. But there are certain things we do get to choose. And one is where we'll spend eternity and we also get to choose whether we come under this blessing or not and this choice comes from a heart that says, I believe Jesus. You're the Christ, you're the Messiah. And something happens when I ask Jesus to come into my heart. And to be Lord of my life. And so when Peter says this, actually he walks out to Corinthians 5, 17, where it says that if any man, if any human being gives their heart to Jesus, he becomes a new creation, a new creation reality. And so the word Christian means I'm Christ-like. I become Christ-like. And 2 Corinthians 5, 17 says, old things have passed away. Everything has become new in Christ Jesus. And when I read those things, I really celebrate because there was a time in my life that I lettered in sin. And then I had a letter jacket. And for about 18 years straight, I had all my sinful accomplishments. But with one confession of my mouth and the belief of my heart that Jesus was Lord, everything changed. If any man be in Christ. And that word, if, is a choice. It's interesting to me, the, the Apostle Paul said in Ephesians 2.10, he said, we become his workmanship. That when I get born again, he starts molding me. And he starts shaping me. And I believe to a degree that's what the Lord Jesus was talking about in John 3.30 when he said, I must increase and you must decrease. In other words, Jesus must get bigger and I must shrink. And so the way I get on this roadmap that Jesus has is by salvation. And when I get on this road called salvation, that's the starting point. That's not the ending point. And so as we go through this thing called life, I don't know about you, but I'm so blessed to think that Father God graced us enough to see into the future that he knew even when we got born again, there would be opportunities for us to blow it, to miss the mark. Let me ask you something. 
Since you got born again, have you ever missed it and blown it? Yeah. Most of us have already blown it today. And so one of the ways we stay on this road is a thing called repentance. And so many times that word is viewed as negative. It's not. It's a blessing. And so the word repent itself literally means to change the way I think. But also it has the meaning do a 180. Turn from those things. And so when I blow it like I'm talking about here, and every one of us have, and we repent, that literally means I am to take ownership of my choices, my sin. And I go before Father God, according to 1 John 1, 9, and I say, Father God, I confess my sin. I take ownership of my choice. See, a lot of times in our life, it's easier to blame someone else. Well, it's John's fault, Father God. But something happens when I choose to say, Father God, I blew it. So view the word repentance as this, that the word repentance itself is one of the hinges that keeps the door to blessing open. Salvation, there's a blessing to it, but when I repent, I come back into right standing with God and it keeps that door of blessing open. It's one of the areas of my life that I, I must exercise every day. I go before Father God and I repent of my sin. Now, turn to me toward the back of the New Testament, 1 Peter chapter 2. 1 Peter 2, and as you're turning there, the thought even on repentance, it literally means to turn and go in another direction. So I leave my way in exchange for God's way. And so by doing that, I, I stay on this road. Now, the good thing about this road is that if you've missed it and, and you've exited and you've got off this road, there's still a re-entry back onto the kingdom road. And it's called repentance. And so this may define you right now that you may not be on the road that Jesus desires, but you can come back. Ooh, thank you. Thank you, Father God. First Peter 2. Verse number one, therefore, lay aside all malice. Different translations say this, lay aside or clean house, get rid, abandon of all malice or evil behavior. The exact word meaning for the word malice is wickedness. Now, why would God tell us to get rid of wickedness? Because he wants to bless us. He wants us to keep us blessed and blessed and blessed. So he said, get rid of all malice, all deceit, and deceit is insincerity. I'm not sincere. Hypocrisy. And so when you read the word hypocrisy, it's the behavior of a hypocrite. The word hypocrite literally means that you wear a mask. So you know what the mask says? I'm a saint on Sunday, but I'm a sinner on Monday. That hypocrite says this, I wear the mask, and whoever or whatever I'm around, that's what I'll be. So when I get around the world, I put on my worldly mask, and when I get around the saints, I God, man, I know how to speak in Christianese. But he said, get rid of all hypocrisy. Get rid of it. Get rid of those masks. Keep reading. Envy, which is jealousy, 
and all evil speaking, hurtful talk, or even slander. You know, I was reading in the Passion the other day, and this verse came up. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 16 says, Be careful that no one among you lives in immorality. The reason it says that, because when I get over and I willfully choose immorality, I choke the blessing. I've choked the blessing. So right here, the apostle Peter, he gives us some incredible guidelines. But before we get to verse 2, Verse 2, literally to me, is God's nutritional guidelines for growth. Not not my guidelines, God's guidelines for growth. So he says in verse 2, as newborn babes desire or crave the pure milk of the word that you may grow thereby. The new living says that you grow into a full experience of salvation. So he uses the analogy of milk to a baby. So the need for milk to a baby, that's a natural instinct. That that baby knows as long as I keep eating, it's gonna fill me up and I'm gonna grow. So he uses that with the word of God does. Let me tell you something about the word. Don't quit eating. Keep eating the word of God. And, And the ultimate goal here again was growth. That, that I may grow. And so what you find spiritually really, really sad is see a person who gets born again, but they never grow. Now, what would be ludicrous, and I'm not talking about the rapper, okay? What would be ludicrous would to see a 40, 50, 60-year-old walk in here. And just envision this. I come strolling in. And I got a baby bottle in this hand. I got a pacifier on my finger. I got a jar of baby food at 60 years old. You know what we would think in the natural? What's up with that dude? Now, let me help you a little bit more. What would happen today if you went into our children's ministry and went to our our power force classroom and they have those little bitty blue chairs in there? And I'm sitting on one of those little blue chairs all pulled up like that and you'd say, he's in the wrong place. But biblically or spiritually, is that how I look? Have I grown with the things of God? And so another aspect of the word of God is is a form of spiritual warfare that the devil doesn't want you to see. And if you want to look at spiritual warfare, if you go through Ephesians 6, verses 10 through 18, you'll see it. But in verse 17, it says, but the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, So if I never get the word of God, then I've lost part of my greatest armor that I could have. And so you know what the devil does? He wants you to get tired. He wants you to get busy. And then he wants you to eat junk food. And you know what junk food is? The things of the world. And so instead of feeding on the word of God, I feed on the world. And guess what happens then? We feed our natural man three hot meals a day and we feed our spirit man one cold snack a week and we wonder why we're spiritually malnourished. 
Here's the question off of this. Do you crave the word of God? And so maybe that becomes my prayer that I say, Father God, grace me to have an appetite for the word of God. Is that a big deal? It's huge. The Lord Jesus said in Matthew 4, 4, man doesn't live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. So the only way I'm going to grow spiritually, I got to get in the word. And when I get in the word, God gets into me. And I can tell you right here in this book, there's real food. It's, it's got every vitamin you need. Some of you need biotin. You need your hair to grow. You need some vitamin D. You need some vitamin B. How would you like it if I gave you a vitamin B shot today? Just shoot you right in the rump. I'll give you a big old dose of the word of God today. Woo! See, again, we're talking about things that cause us to grow. And so we jump to verse 3 and he says, If indeed... You have tasted that the Lord is gracious. If indeed you've tasted, well, to taste anything, you know what that means? You're going to have to partake of it. You don't know what the cinnamon roll tastes like, uh, tastes like until you take a bite of it. It's the same word of God. I, I, I've got to get in there and I've got to taste it. And so in the natural, we are what we eat. And in the natural... What I eat that's good, the reward is a healthy body. I know I can't live on junk food, so guess what I got to do in the natural? I got to change my diet. Well, it's the same in the spiritual. What are you eating today? Now, when he says here, the word right here, if indeed you have tasted, that verse takes us to Psalms 34. Go with me to Psalms chapter 34, because I want you to see this. I want you to see exactly what he's talking about here, about tasting, about developing an appetite for the things of God. Psalm chapter 34, verse 8. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. The only way I find out if the Lord is good is I must taste. But you know what the Greek word for the word see actually means? It actually means to drink deeply. So he's saying right here, if you'll taste and you'll drink deeply of the Lord, you'll find out that he's good. And look how this verse ends. Blessed is the man who trusts in him. So because I feed on the word of God and I drink of the things of the word of God, Woo, I'm blessed. I come to a place in my life where I trust the Lord. And now again, I walk in a blessing. Now in the natural, if I was to walk out here and I begin to ask people certain things you were hungry for, most of you would get precise pretty quick. So I could say, well, what are you hungry for? Well, I could eat a big old pork chop. What are you hungry for? Well, I, I, I'd like some spaghetti. What are you hungry? Ooh, I'd like a big old cheeseburger. And so we understand precisely what are you hungry for? I don't know. No, most of the time we have an appetite. And when it comes to drinking what we want, people get very precise. I want a big old Dr. Pepper, easy on the ice. You don't pull up at Sonic and they say, what do you want to drink? And you say, ah, whatever. You figure it out. You tell me what I'm thirsty for. 
See, again, we're precise. I want a Topo Chico with a little twist of lime. Why? Because I'm precise. Here's a good one to understand how precise we are with drink. It's entertaining for me to go to Starbucks or five bucks, whichever you prefer. It's like you're speaking in tongues. I want a caramel macchiato, extra hot with whipped cream. I want a skinny vanilla latte. Well, I don't want a skinny vanilla latte. I want a big old fat vanilla latte. I want that one that put some meat on me. I want to work on the role of the pastor today. See, again, we get real precise with these things, but it's interesting here when we get to the Word of God. And so by, by tasting and seeing that the Lord is good, we develop this inward trust that, whoo, my Father, His Word, He knows best. He's got the perfect prescription for everything I'm going through. Now go with me to the book of Deuteronomy chapter 28. Deuteronomy 28. And if you were here months ago, when we started this series, Deuteronomy 28 was one of our main scripture texts. In the book of Deuteronomy 28, it's, it's very lengthy, but the first 14 verses talk about the blessing. Verse 15 through like 69 is about the curse. But when I read the blessing, it doesn't just happen. Deuteronomy 28 verse 1. Now it shall come to pass if you diligently obey the voice of the Lord. You're welcome to look at my Bible after the service. But in my Bible, I have the word if circled. If you carefully observe, if. If, if and buts were candy and nuts, what a Merry Christmas we'd have. So when I read the word if, you know what the word if says to me? It's a choice. It's a choice, but every sacrifice is based on preference. It's a choice. If you diligently obey the voice of the Lord your God, it didn't say mankind. It said the Lord God. To observe carefully, carefully, all his commandments which I command you today, all. So when I read the commandments of the Lord, those commandments aren't multiple choice. You know, I like the third one, but I hate the fifth one. All the commandments, which I command you today, that the Lord your God will set you on high above all the nations of the earth. When I see the Lord God will set you on high, you know what that means? God's going to promote you. God's going to move you up. He's going to move you up where you're the salt of the earth. You're the envy of the earth. You're the city that's set on a hill. Verse 2, and all these blessings shall come upon you and overtake you. Why? Because you obey the voice of the Lord your God. So you get something right here to walk under that blessing. i got to be a person of obedience. But I don't obey just out of necessity. I obey out of delight. I delight in obeying the word. Because when I delight in the word of God, you know what? It's going to be good. It's going to be good. 
the goodness of God. Blessed, blessed. The message says here, because you have responded to the word of God, you have set in motion a cycle of blessings. Now what I find in my life, and I believe this is similar with you, if I'm not challenged, I won't change. If I'm not challenged, I won't change. Now, even in the area of exercising physically at my age, in order for me to be challenged or to change, I got to challenge myself. So when I get on the elliptical, I've got a timer. And I play the craziest games on that thing. And I, I mean, this is what I do on there. I go three minutes at level five. Now, level five, it's a rear kicker at 60. My arms are moving, but my body's not moving. Three minutes, and then I drop to number four, and it gets a little bit easier. And I go three minutes on that, and, and then I get to three, and it gets a little easier. And I get to two, and it gets a little easier. And, and so this is the truth. Months and months ago, man, when I would break 15 minutes for two miles, I was really good, really good. But they'd tick me off. I'd say, I'm faster than that. You really do this? I do this. And so now I'm down into the low 13s. I'm clipping it. I'm going to be a senior Olympian now. I tell my grandson all the time, I'm going to play in the 60-year-old basketball league. I'll be the Michael Westbrook of that league. You guys didn't know I had that leaping ability anymore, did you? You can, you can slide a, a dime under that vertical jump. It's about that big. But again, I believe this biblically in our life. Lord, challenge me. Challenge me to grow. Challenge me to trust you. Challenge me to believe in you. Challenge me to live for you. And the reason I've talked about that we're on this road, because the Lord Jesus said that himself in Matthew 7, verses 13 and 14. He describes two roads. And he said, there's a wide road that's broad. And there's many on it, but it's the road that leads to destruction. And then there's a narrow road. And that road is, is difficult. It's hard. It's squeezed by pressure. And there's only a few on it, but it's the road that leads to life. And you know why he calls it the narrow road? Because there's only one way to get on it. And that's through the Lord Jesus. And I won't apologize for saying this. Actually, I'll say it with a boldness. The Lord Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. The only way to the Father is through the Son. There is no other way, okay? There's only one way. And that's through the Lord Jesus. And, and the reason that road gets narrower and narrower is because many people don't want to obey him. But I find out it's a joy to obey him. The more I obey the Lord, the better my life is. I'm going to give some of you a natural analogy. Is your life well with you when you obey your parents? Duh. Yes. Some of you young ones who didn't answer, I'm going to help you. Is your life better when you obey your parents? Yes. You come under the blessings of your parents. It's the same with Father God. 
I, I take honor in, in honoring him and obeying him now. And so by doing that, I stay on that road. And, and it may be a narrow road, but it's a blessed road. You know how blessed it is? He said, I'm blessed in the city and I'm blessed in the field. I'm blessed coming in and I'm blessed going out. I'm the head and not the tail. I go above and not beneath. All because the blessing of the Lord's on my life. And so again, when you see this road map, I don't know where you're at today. You do. And the Lord Jesus does. So I'm going to ask you to stand up right here with me. Thank you for listening today. For more information, please visit faithchurchlubbock.com.